Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. It's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters for Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods and leave us a like or a review if you're so moved. I hope you are. So today we have a very interesting guest. She's written a book, which means she's written one more book than I have, and I'm already jealous. Her name is Julie Willis. She's written a book called Conceal Reveal, and she's here in the virtual studio. Yep. How are you this morning, Julie? Good, David. Thank you. Where Thank are you, you geographically? I just realized I don't know that. I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, my goodness. What an awesome town. I, I was there a mm, couple years ago, back when we used to travel and take trips. I was there with some friends and did the usual touristy thing, ate a lot, listened to a lot of good music. And I have a sister-in-law who uh, was at UT, Hook'em Horns, really? right? Wait, Hook'em am Horns. I, yeah, am I doing yes. it right? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't go to UT. Okay. Uh, but that looks right. <laughs> or, yeah, they, our listeners can't see us doing it, but I'm trying to do the, the, the longhorn with the fingers thing that the Texas fans will do. Anyway, so this is interesting. The book is called Conceal Reveal, and it's the subtitle here, if I have it right, The Space Between Entrepreneurs and the Defense Industry. So this is an aspect yes. of military the convergence of military and business and stuff I don't normally think about. Well, how were you inspired to write this thing? Well, I'll be honest. It Your intro is basically the book, Lovers, Muggers, and Thieves. It's essentially a rom-com. It's my life. Mm-hmm. And in the defense industry, trying to create a new environment for our warfighters in the future and what they're going to be using and the way that they're going to be approaching warfare. And how did you become interested in the topic? Yeah. So my father was a Vietnam vet, and I married an officer when I was 20 years old Mm -hmm. in the post-9-11, the summer after Mm 9-11. And so it, it was baked in for me. And as much as I... You know, I got divorced and I resisted, you know, the army because I I gave it back to him, you know, in the divorce, but Mm. it came back to me. So Mm. I stopped fighting it and decided that I should double down. And I did. I started a company January 1st of 2020, you know, great, great time. Yeah, great timing. Great time to start something. Oh, can't recommend it enough. <laughs> right. And I had just left. I was a contractor at Army Futures Command, which is the new four-star 
command that's set up here in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized while I was working for them was I would be more effective outside the bureaucracy. So working with the defense innovators instead of working within the military. So Mm -hmm. I started that and boy, that was a fun wild ride for a few months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything else we all went through March, April, May and figuring out how on earth I was going to come out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, basically as, the story of 2020. Well, yeah, yeah. But so when you're working for army futures command, what was that like? Oh, you know, it's interesting because someone told me that, you know, these startup commands, you know, you kind of go through the wood chipper mm-hmm. and yet the people there are so drawn. I mean, they are, they're drawn from their hearts. They really are. And yet, you know, the bureaucracy kind of sinks in a little bit and paperwork and all of the things that you still have to do while being crazy excited about what we can get and what we can do for the warfighters to help them get out there and do the job and get home mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And so what, so, but the book is inspired, it, it, it sounds like by the talking about flaws in our military places where we are behind others. Is that, am I putting words in your mouth or tell me? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, you're mm-hmm. not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, there's the geopolitical side of, you know, Russia and China and mm-hmm. uh, what they've been doing while we've been distracted in, in other ways, which are policy decisions and budgetary decisions that are way above my pay grade. And mm-hmm. yet they focused on other things. And because of that, we're now playing catch up. And that is, that's a talking point that you'll hear from those four star commands mm-hmm. across the spectrum. But at the same time, entrepreneurs are doing it as we like to say, you know, they're doing the thing mm-hmm. and they're coming up with this crazy technology every day. Like I got an email just yesterday from someone who was, I guess there's a company doing, you know, something amazing. And they're looking for Series A funding. And I was like, well, that's not what I do. But boy, you know, the tech that they've got sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things have space in both the commercial side and the military. So we, they call it dual-use technology, which is what the military wants to invest in because they don't want to be the only one, you know, making sure that this product gets to market or gets to them. Mm-hmm. They want to spread that risk a little bit. So they need a commercial application as well. And it's surprising how often that comes up and how that's possible to blend, you know, both a military technology with what we use day to day. And what kind of weaponry are we actually talking about? Like, are we Mm -hmm. behind? Do we have, are our tanks outdated? Are our guns outdated? Or fill me in because I have no idea. Short answer, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll speak for my experience in the with Army Futures Command, they stood up cross-functional teams across like the the future of what they call vertical lift, so helicopters. And they actually, they stood one up just to focus on that. And they stood one up on the next generation of the combat vehicle. And yeah, so they're moving towards that at, at the speed of paperwork, I think, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they're innovating every day. And so is industry next to them. But the grit that I discovered in those first few months, because, you know, when you're on the inside of bureaucracy, 
you know, there's rules and regulations and you stay well within those of, you know, like who you can talk to within industry, who you can't, who you engage with, why, because, you know, we've tried to protect that the way that the money flows and the way that contracts are awarded from, you know, from corruption. We've done a lot of work on that. And unfortunately, I discovered a way that people are working around that. And that was demoralizing and upsetting and all of those things. But capitalism tends to win out. And it's, yeah, it was really, there's a pot of money Mm -hmm. called Small Business Innovation Research. And that's spread out over multiple agencies in the federal government. And it's a great way to both invest in new technologies for the government and like, I think the dollars that they get back, like it's 20 X at least mm-hmm. in terms of like the impact of that in the economy. But we've tried so hard to make sure that investing in innovation will actually yield a product instead of just innovation for the sake of, you know, moving ideas and technology forward mm-hmm. that we end up finding ourselves putting policies in place that lead to a product and not to just innovation. Mm-hmm. And one of those is like, my favorite example of this is if the army decided they wanted to have robot soldiers mm-hmm. and we said, okay, well, you know, we've got somebody that's wanting to develop robot soldiers to get their, their application for that, small business innovation research to make it like a stronger application. They need a memo, a memo from the inside saying, well, you know, if you made me some basically like robot terracotta warriors, like we totally buy that. There's because there is now an ecosystem where the network of people who know who would sign that you can buy it Mm -hmm. essentially at the end of the day. You can buy that memo. Now, you are not purchasing. In my experience, I never saw a government representative taking money, but it's the network one step away from that that is. Right. And they're taking 10 to 50% of this funding Mm -hmm. for the cost of doing that. And it's just, it's insane to think that our budget for innovation and research is getting siphoned in half for the sake of policy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And there, there's been since as long as there's been a military, there've been, you know, scant scandals with, you know, who gets the contracts to create the tanks and the planes and all this is, is there ever hope? Does your book picture any moment in the future where we can clean this up and do it better? Oh, well you just skipped to the end. I love it. (laughs) Yes. I, I promise. Be- I I'll go back. I'll go back and read the book after the podcast today. <laughs> I promise. You don't have to give away the ending, but you know. Well, as I was working through the book, because you know, like everybody else in 2020, trying to figure out what on earth is my life going to look like in mm-hmm. three months, six months, nine months. Like my new company is. There's a point where she crumbles, but I, you know, dust it back off and put some frosting on it, and mm-hmm. still ate it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
horrible metaphor. No, it's okay. I like anything involving frost, <laughs> frosting speaks to me, so I get it. Oh, the book. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay, good. good. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, now I've lost the... Oh, so trying to figure out my way through. Yep. And I'd spoken to multiple entrepreneurs along the way, and a couple of them were working on different enterprise-level software initiatives that the military could use to help their contracting and procurement, which is as dry as that sentence really sounds. But what it would do in this case is take the network away from the, the application of this small business innovation and research. So if we could come up with a software that says, instead of a memo, we just, it's basically like Tinder. So you've got a technology on one side and you've got someone in the military on the other side who's like, you know, swiping right on cool stuff and swiping left on things that they're like, we don't need that at all. Please don't waste your time. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we could just do that. So it's basically like that. And I decided at the end of the book, instead of trying to go after that myself to put that formula in there Mm -hmm. and say like, People are doing this, and if they don't do it, somebody else should, mm-hmm. because that would move things forward rapidly. I, I'm having, I'm picturing these very serious personnel of the military with their stars and their stripes, and they're on Tinder looking at pictures of, you know, weapons. That there's, there's a good short film in there somewhere, <laughs> I think. I mean, but I get it. It's a good way. To, it's a good way to describe it. If you don't mind me jumping back to one thing, you know, you met, okay. you use that the example of an army of robots, which you know, in in Boston we have a company called Boston Robotics. At least I assume they're a Boston company. Otherwise, why would they call themselves that? But they're the ones that make those. They're the ones that make those little robot dogs that you see and some of the humanoids, and it's getting pretty freaky. And you know, if mm. Every sci-fi movie I've ever seen ends with the robots killing the people. So, But this is something that I imagine must be studied every day. We've got drones, right? And I, I kind of wonder why, it, again, I'm a neophyte when it comes to uh, military intelligence and stuff, but why there isn't even more of that, why we, I, I know there's, uh, you know, military strategies that involve boot boots on the ground, but is, uh, is that technology escalating rapidly so that an army of robots could be a reality sometime in the future? I don't see why not. Yeah. But to put your, to help you sleep tonight. Oh, thank you. (laughs) They, in my experience, because I can't speak for, you know, all of those stars and stripes, but in my experience, the, the level of effort towards what they call it, putting a human in the loop is the first thing. There's always going to, well, I shouldn't say there's always going to be, but from the conversations I've had, it's paramount for them that someone in flesh and blood says yes on something. Right. So they're, they're building that in on their autonomous vehicles and autonomous platforms, as well as the semi-autonomous or the optionally manned flying drones and things. Yeah, no, they're still in it. They're still in there. So the name of your company, is it Defiant or is it Defiant Comms? Yes. Defiant. It is, well, Defiant is is how I think of her because I am. And I gave her a, a pronoun because, I mean, 2020, yeah. you know, you're stuck in your apartment. Yep. 
and you've got this new business, you know, it, it's the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and writing on my windows in a dry erase marker. I guess yeah. it's better than, you know, talking to your volleyball with a face drawn on it like Tom Hanks did in Castaway. But yes, so, so it basically def- was. <laughs> so <laughs> defiant. Def- hey, I'm here in an apartment by myself as well. I've been talking to the walls and some of my son's stuffed animals that he leaves around. I'll have conversations with them. Or Alexa. If I have a conversation with Alexa, it always ends badly. I get in a fight with her. So the company is Defiant. Wow, do I digress? The website is Defiant Comms. That's with two M's, Defiant Comms. Dot com and you can find the book Conceal Reveal, which which just came out. So listen, you got something done during the the pandemic. Your book just came out last month, and are is it? Did you enjoy the process of writing it? Is there possible there'll be a sequel? Will you reveal something else? Oh, that that was so painful. Honestly, <laughs> really? yeah. You know, it was painful to be vulnerable personally, as I was in the book. And also professionally, because it was my job to make them look good, to make the, you know, the military make my clients look good. Right. And when you start to see those cracks, it's very hard to say, we have a problem Mm -hmm. and I need somebody to like, how do we continue this conversation? And so the book is, has achieved the things that I wanted, which Mm -hmm. was conversations at the like at the assistant secretary level about this issue and saying, hey, you guys need to fix this because half the money that you think you're spending on innovation and research is going to people doing the like the application process. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not okay with that. If you're okay with that, keep it as is. But I don't think they would be because they're in it every day and they're really drawn to that. But that's what I wanted. I wanted that conversation and the feedback that I've received like privately, because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a very private community, right. you know, first of all, an entrepreneur is not going to tell you what their problems are publicly because they want you to think that everything's going well. Mm-hmm. They would never put that out. Hence why I felt like I needed to is because I had the least to lose right. of anyone else. And the military is not going to reveal vulnerabilities that they don't know that the adversaries already are aware of so there's a lot in between those two and that's why it's the space between entrepreneurs and the defense industry Mm -hmm. but i actually left because i kind of ran out of energy here in austin Mm -hmm. and i needed my own space to be able to say hey you know this industry that i love that i've put my heart and soul into i don't know how to talk about the problems there when i'm this close to it yeah yeah yeah. Do, do you think you'll hear from people in the military? Well, I have. You already have. Yes. Okay. And I've actually, yes, I was very lucky. Again, as much as I criticized the network, it yep. it gave me the opportunity to have those conversations. Okay. And so from my perspective, they are aware. And I, the book has done its job. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, it was an Amazon bestseller for military law, which I think is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever, wow. it works. And if that's the way that we need to tell these stories and to talk about things, if we can make it human instead of, you know, dry text, why not? Absolutely. So, yeah. Good on you. Once again, the book Conceal <laughs> Reveal, you can find it at defiantcoms.com. You have a podcast as well? We buried the lead here. <laughs> 
Well, y- yes, yes, I do, and it's sitting there waiting for me to pay pick, attention pick to it, it again. Back up. Because, yeah, that's common. That's holy okay. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is a ton of work. It, a ton. It, I know it's what I do here at pod617.com. We produce podcasts here, but you walked me right into that plug. So it's, yeah, but it looks like you've got a, a decent library. I mean, you just started this last September. So, you know, pace yourself, Julie. It takes time. Actually, over the summer, uh, you started or maybe even earlier. I'm trying to now I'm scrolling down your I whole. I think it was July. OK, July. Yeah, I'm looking at. Yeah. Innovator Operator is the name of the pod. Yes. And it looks like it's you know, in keeping with the same subject matter of your book. And it looks like you talk to military personnel, others. The defense entrepreneurs. Defense giving entrepreneurs, them an opportunity. The okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. To talk about what they do. And we actually took a, a season there and did one of those small business innovation research applications ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I partnered with Kadri Clothing, who's a women-owned small business. She's a... Marine Corps veteran, Catherine Basso. Ha <laughs> ha. Hi, Catherine. Shout out, and Catherine. <laughs> shout out to Catherine. And it was on um, body armor for women. Because... I, yeah, I'm looking at that one. That's interesting. Yeah. So body ar- armor for women is different than body armor for men, I guess. Oh, I feel like we're doing a deodorant uh-huh. commercial now. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it turns out like the, yeah, protecting vital organs, especially of the torso, it's different. Yeah. It's different. And yeah, but you know, I couldn't have gotten involved in that if I hadn't been having these conversations with people like Catherine and those that were in the material science and all of these engineering areas and sensors and all that stuff that you can now put together and that you must mm-hmm. in order for it to be a holistic approach to solving a warfighter problem. But it was a great experience, incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. getting through what is supposedly a simplified process. But I felt like I couldn't really talk about the problems in it if I hadn't tried it. Right. right. So we went for it. And I think they just came out yesterday and we did not win. So or uh, we, we were not awarded, excuse me, right. not awarded a contract. I encourage people to check out the podcast because in addition to the guests you mentioned, there are a, a bunch of others and oh, def- yeah. defiant comms, Doc, stick with that podcast thing. There's a future in it. Trust me. Defiantcoms.com <laughs> is where you go to find all, all about Julie and the book and the podcast. And we are up against the clock a little bit here, but we're going to stick around for a few minutes. And Julie and I are going to play a round of good stuff, which I just told her about like 17 <laughs> minutes ago. So cut her some slack if she's not super prepared. But we will both recommend something good, maybe to brighten your day as this pandemic drags on and on. And before we do that, let me tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast we can produce the whole thing for you you can do it from the comfort of your home we'll send you out a quality usb microphone maybe not as cool as the cool lavalier microphone that julie is rocking this morning but trust me we'll send you out a good one good usb mic we'll produce the whole thing the intro music outro music we do have studios in westwood mass not a lot of people are coming in these days but you can if you want to and the podcast thing is a great way to keep in touch with your network your clients, potential clients, your family and friends will all be amazed at the quality of product we put out at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Okay, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff.
You're my favorite guest of the month, Julie, or maybe even the year. Well, that's the same thing, I guess, because she was dancing to the B-52s there. It's a litmus test of my guests. If you don't dance, then something's wrong because, you know, we all need a little jam in our step these days. Anyway, yep. so, Julie, I will let you go first. Is there something you can recommend to our listeners? It doesn't have to be related to anything you do or it could be or whatever. What do you got? Well, I got off a plane last night. I'm one of those that unfortunately yet also kind of fortunately needs to travel occasionally right now Mm. and i discovered a delta is still awesome Mm. and i loved having that open middle seat still but they put you know kodak cakes the like protein um, pancake people oh yeah oh my god that's so funny i just kodiak right oh kodiak yeah with the bit I this is so weird. I just had one of their waffles this, this morning. Yeah, uh, protein waffles. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, what did you have? They make graham crackers. Really? And the, yeah, and it comes in the little Ziplocky baggie from right. Delta. They were like, "Here's your water, and here's your graham crackers, and your little Cheez Its or whatever, yeah. and you know your Purell wipes." But that was total happiness. Wow. And it, they are yeah. there is protein in the graham crackers, supposedly. Yeah. I mean. Keto and and them they they would throw that thing away, but you know yeah, I think there was like five grams of protein. Do you know why graham crackers were originally created? No. There's an interesting story behind that. I'll see if I can find it. The the graham cracker. I'm reading from Wikipedia, so it must be true. The graham cracker was inspired by the preaching of Sylvester Graham, who was part of the 19th century temperance temperance movement. He believed that minimizing pleasure and stimulation of all kinds coupled with a vegetarian diet anchored by bread made from blood was how God intended people to live. His followers called him Grahamites and formed one of the first vegetarian movements in America. But the sort of weird underbelly of this thing is when he says minimizing pleasure and stimulation, it just it, it's a very, I don't know, no offense Puritans, but be a puritanical <laughs> way, like sex is bad, basically, if, if you want me to cut to the chase. And... It's weird. A lot of the, the like Mr. Kellogg, who created the, you know, the cornflakes, he had that philosophy as well. So I don't know why you can't have cereal and graham crackers and still have sex if you want to. I think that's this is America, right? But anyway, it doesn't lessen the deliciousness of the graham cracker, one of the staples of snacks food. I'm glad Kodiak got in there. So that's a good that's a good tip. Wow, I didn't realize we were going to cover all this when we started this podcast, but I guess you never know. Also good things. Also good things. Yeah. So. I will recommend a new TV show that I just found on the Disney Channel. I'm not usually a, a comic book geek guy, but there there's a, a kind of a really innovative show called WandaVision, and I'm going to play the trailer for it in just one minute. And, Julie, you can take a look, and then our listeners can just listen to the audio. That's the way a podcast works. Okay, here we go. Here's the trailer for WandaVision. Wonder and vision. Aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Like days of old, lighting the 
spark of love that fills me. So I'll take the volume down there because we've got too much, too much music, not enough dialogue. But isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever seen? You, you don't watch this show, do you? Not yet, no. <laughs> but I will be. Well, it's really weird and really intriguing. So what you heard was seemingly a sort of send-up of a 50s-era family show like Father's Knows Best of, uh, at first, and this couple moves. Now, what you couldn't see, listeners, was the the husband is part robot. And so that's the first clue that there's something weird going on here. It's one of these shows that, that you don't really even know what the show is about. And I'm through three episodes. I still don't know what the show is about exactly, except that it's this, you know, suburban couple living in the 50s, apparently. In the episode two, they're seemingly living in a different period of time. But the, the common thread is that they're trying to pretend that they're this, you know, normal family and he, the robot guy can conceal the fact that he's a robot when he goes to work. And the way it's shot is very clever. You heard it had sort of the beats and the canned laughter of like one of those shows, like Leave it to Beaver or something. And yet there's something sort of sinister under the surface. And the main, the lead character, the wife, is played by Elizabeth Olsen, who is the mysterious third Olsen sister. So her sisters are Mary-Kate and Ashley, you know, the Olsons. There's a third? Yeah, I see. I didn't know either. <laughs> so, what? But, yeah, I know. And so, and she is younger. And so, but I mean, she's all grown up now. But so anyway, WandaVision, it's on Disney Plus and check it out. And if you watch it, please uh, give me a call and explain to me what the hell is going on. So, <laughs> so, but more importantly, Julie Willis, Julie Willis, I hope you had fun on the show. Good. You did great. Defiant comms with two M's there, .com is where you go for the book, Conceal, Reveal, and to learn all about uh, Julie's ad- adventures in pandemic business building. I just invented that. and But <laughs> I thank you for being such a good sport. And I'm going to read the book. I need to learn more about this stuff because you've just broadened my horizons here. And it's the future of our country is at stake. Right, Julie? That's true. It sure is. All right, no pressure. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. I don't know why you would, but please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pod. Go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. And on behalf of Julie, my new friend, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.